Hello, hello, welcome, welcome to this episode, special episode of the In The Zone podcast with your host, Jose and Deremy. Mr. Ruiz, it's good to see you. Mr. Dove, how's it going? How's it going? It's, uh, not gonna lie, it's Super Bowl Sunday, we're recording this show, and it's, uh, it's been a hard week. It's been a tough week, an emotional week. Doesn't feel like a Super Bowl week. Not at all, not at all. I was telling a lot of people, this is the first time in my lifetime, I can remember not really caring like it just didn't matter and even up till today like I think finally this morning started watching some football coverage and trying to get it going but it's it's been a really uh, tough week yeah the, the juices are flowing now for the game um, but I agree this whole week the game I can I can care less about the game to yeah be honest. and and I agree this is the first time in a very long time that I wasn't pumped for Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, I'm feeling a little better about it now, but it's more about what we're going to talk about. Yeah, so we'll tell the story. You know, last Sunday we got together to, you know, record what we thought would be the first episode of this podcast, and due to some technical difficulties, it wound up not being it. But when the episode ended, uh, Jose and I were going over future episodes and kind of the game plan of what we want to do. And then I had gotten a text. And I'll be honest, Jose, I got the text. And I didn't want to say it right away because I'm like, this is going to be embarrassing if I get punked. And, you know, it's like, why not being a hoax? And I, I, my dad texted me, you know, Kobe died in a plane crash? Question mark, question mark. So then I was like, he, you know, my dad's up with the internet and everything. But I'm like, he's probably went on some play website. And so I go on Twitter, and he was still trending from the night before when LeBron passed him for third. And so then I started, I clicked on something smaller that said Kobe died in a plane crash, and the reports started coming in, and that's when I had said it to you. Yeah, because even your response to the text was like, my dad sent me this weird text. (laughs) And then as soon as you relayed the text, I jumped on, I jumped on Twitter as well, and and we were digging, you know, we started digging. Yeah. And the, the, the terrible, well, obviously the whole situation is terrible, but we were really excited about that first show and that excitement got wiped away. It, it, everything did. Yeah. It was, um, you know, I'll be honest, I haven't, you know, we've talked throughout the week, but not face to face. And my brother, Kobe was his favorite player. You know, we met him I was six, my brother was 13, and Kobe was, it was his senior year at Lower Marion. And hadn't, he was like January or February of 96. He hadn't yet declared for the NBA draft, but if he was the hot story, what was he going to do? And my, my brother's godmom got us into this celebrity game downtown and uh, got to meet Brand, have a picture with Brandy, but and got to shake hands and meet Kobe. And that was always his favorite player and always was a connector for us. So he called me. And was very emotional on the phone. And I'll be honest, I'm looking over at you and I'm and I'm like, I didn't want to talk to him because it would have felt real. And, w- and I was hoping, like, please don't let this be real. please. And then so I said, I hung up. I said, I got to get off. I'm like, Jose's still here. Because I, did, I didn't want to, yeah. if I would have talked to him, it would have confirmed it. You know? Yeah, and I, we were both, like, in shock. Yeah. You know, and I've never met Kobe, but... He, he was one of my favorite players of all time. Yeah. You know, like, and we, and we talked about this, you know, off air. 
and I talked to a few people, especially at work and, you know, at home. And I was, like, trying to explain to people, because people who don't love sports can't understand how we're, like, so affected. Right. So my explanation to that, for me, was very simple. Kobe came in, drafted in 96. My senior year was 97. Okay. And my high school senior mm-hmm. And I feel like, and I'm not the only one, I'm sure, I felt like we grew up together almost. Right. You know, I, I've, I've seen him mature from a teenager, from when I was a teenager, into a man, family man, you know, all the other situations that he went through. And we were there for the whole ride, you know. And, like, my favorite all-time player would be Michael Jordan. Right. But I didn't see Jordan come into the league. I right. was a little too young exactly. for that. I've seen, I've, I saw Kobe come in from day one until Sunday. Yeah, yeah, and that's the that's the truth. Um, I was talking with a friend last night, and um, he's a year older than I am, so I'll be, Lord willing, 31 in June. He'll be 32 in August. And he said, he's like, my first memory of Mike was, the 98 season and I said mine goes back to when I remember him playing baseball okay. and I remember when he he said I'm back and I remember that whole three-peat but like you said Kobe it was from watching him at Lower Marion getting to see him live for me seeing him at the All-American game and yeah. him declaring um, that was the 96 draft yeah. so Sixers our hometown team had the first pick so my dad took me and my brother to the Spectrum for the Sixers draft day party. Nice, a spectrum. And it was it was awesome. So we were hyped for AI, and then it was seeing the Charlotte Hornets with that 13th pick take Kobe. And, I mean, the, I think the 96 draft is probably, in my opinion, the greatest NBA draft of all time. It's one of the best. It, it's, 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 yeah, I think people will say 84 a lot as well, but I, I always kind of. You got kinda, a LeBron draft, too. Yeah, you know, 03 is pretty, but I, I still just 96. To me, top to bottom was just... Yeah, it was a great draft. It was a great draft. And the excitement that we got AI, but also the excitement that this high school kid, which it was not common at that point. Nope. I know KG did it the year before, but it was still not a common thing. The excitement that that happened was incredible. Then he gets traded to the Lakers for Vlade, and it was yeah. just... Well, I saw an interview with Pat Croce, mm-hmm. um, who at the time... Was sixth president? Yeah, team president. So he talked about when they had the pre-draft workouts and when he brought in Kobe Bryant. And he was telling a story. He's the biggest Allen Iverson fan, probably. But he was telling a story on how Kobe came in and was killing the Sixers. Yeah. And they wanted to take Kobe number one, but they didn't want to feel that heat from taking a high school kid with the first pick. And I was blown away by that because I've never heard that before. Yeah, I I never heard Pat Croce say I I remember that Kobe was working out with the Sixers a lot with the local and was dominating them. Yep. And I knew that there was that question. And you know, kudos. I think I, I don't know how you feel. The hardest people to see talk this week were Shaq and Jerry West for me. Yes. Yes. And kudos to Jerry West for not caring. He saw the talent. And he says it's not a big deal, but I will give him. I know he's trying to be modest especially with what happened last Sunday, but that was a huge deal, especially at that time, to yeah. take that risk. Yeah, and 
and from day one he said that this kid is going to be special. Yeah. He saw it from day one. A lot of people didn't. Right. You know, a lot of people saw the athleticism and and the showmanship, but they didn't they didn't see what Jerry West saw. Yeah. And so, um, it's a shame. Yeah, I'll be honest. For me, this was, I, it, you know, you're my friend, you're my my partner, my co-host on this show, but I know I'll never forget you because yeah. I'll know where I was when I found out, and this was on that level of, you know, in '09 when Michael Jackson died. You know, people talked about the OJ chase. Yeah. That, you know, I felt like last Sunday was a where were you kind of moment, and and not just for sports. But for society, honestly, and a, a good friend of mine almost now he didn't, he's not comparing the tragedies, but he compared the feeling he had to nine eleven. Yeah, like everything was slow motion. Like, and we talked that day. I couldn't concentrate on anything. No, like I, I went home right after that. I think we were still together for like another half hour after that, and I went home and I I couldn't concentrate on anything, and I I was trying to get stuff done and I. It was just taking me forever, you know. So I get that analogy to a certain point. Because mm-hmm. with 9-11, I can remember everything. Stopped. Was, yeah, it was just like a blur almost. Yeah. But, yeah, that, I would never forget that day either. I've had, I'm, I'm trying to, and I was not comparing anything, but trying to just remember, like, tragedies like this. Right. And I remember Sean Taylor mm-hmm. incident. That really didn't hit home, obviously, as this. You had Roy Holiday, you know, that incident. That really never hit home like that. And and we were too young for the dilemma biases and obviously Roberto Clemente's guys like that. Mm-hmm. So this was probably, and the Thurman Munson's, like, people talk about that. That was really heavy. But this this was, for me, number one. Yeah, no, and I, I think that's, I was going to Clemente, but you're right, Lynn, Lynn Bias is probably a, a, a good one to talk about that was pretty you know shocking at that time as yeah. well um it, it was one of those where were you kind of moments and it shut everything down and it you just had everybody from all walks of life and it, it's so crazy this week you know Kobe's an icon and a superstar I, I didn't take this past week for me to realize that but then you just you start to reflect and realize how part of the lexicon and pop culture he is but you just got to say, and it's not the most common name, but you said Kobe. No one was like, Kobe who? Yeah, like, it's, yeah there's certain individuals who have the one name. Yeah. And, and you're fine with that. And you know who, exa- who, is, who that is. And Kobe's probably one of the top people with that. Right, right. And he, it, it, it was just something that, it's been tough. It's been emotional. And I, I tell people this. You know, because there's always that thing of you hear, and it's not right. Like, well, why are they giving so much attention to this one person? Yes. Or, you know, people are like, yo, this is affecting me, but I never, I don't know him. I never met the person. But when you realize that these people, you know, sports, as much as you and I talked about, like we did last week in the intro, um, how it, it's helped shape our lives. It's helped influence us on how to work together, how to be a team person, mm-hmm. how to handle adversity. But it's also still an escapism, yep. you know, from everything. And when these people, I'm, I told someone the other day, from 96 to 2000, the Lakers were on, I mean, pretty much Kobe's career, they're on so much. Yep. You know, from playing deep into June into the finals so often 
to every Sunday afternoon. You know, you usually had that East Coast game, and the second game would be yeah. so and so at the Lakers. Christmas or Day. Christmas Day, yeah. exactly. It's like these people are in your lives so much, and we don't realize that. No, and and it, it it's funny because. Like, you know he had a big impact. But then when you see this, like this past week, it was it was like, wow. You know, and it came from, it was globally. Yes. It, it wasn't, I had a, I have a friend of mine at work. He's from Venezuela. Okay. And he was telling me Kobe Bryant had a family member that lived in Venezuela that made it almost to the NBA. And they love Kobe yeah. for that. Yeah. And then if you look, there's a beautiful mural of Kobe and his daughter Gigi in Venezuela is it's beautiful it's right on the basketball court in black and white it's it's a really really beautiful beautiful mural and that was another thing too with yes with Sunday right it's like I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to get this like through my head about what's going on with Kobe and then 20 minutes half hour later you hear his daughter was also yeah on on the on the helicopter as well and that was like a second punch to the gut huge that you yeah. know and, and that that broke my heart it really did and, and we you know let's remember the the other seven of course that were on and a lot of young a lot of families are forever broken and from what happened not just the, the Bryant family but it was you know it's just crazy because Kobe did kind of fade away for a little bit I mean he had won the Oscar and all that and that was cool but he had faded and then through his daughter, Gigi, you start seeing him appear more at games and showing yeah. himself. And that's what makes it heartbreaking is you just, especially even this season, having the clips of them courtside together and him showing, you can tell he's teaching her the game yeah. and breaking it down. And, and you can tell she's starting to understand it absolutely. too. Because she was finishing his sentences and it was just a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah. You know, as a parent, it, it's, it's hard to hear, it, obviously, any kid losing anyone losing any kids or anything like that but you just talked about it like they were that relationship was in the spotlight right you know and and a lot of people felt that it's just it's really sad it it is and i and i told people you know we we've had we hear about the the michael jordan mentality how competitive he is how driven tom brady is or wayne gretzky or tiger woods but those are pretty guarded af- athletes. When I, when I mean guarded, like, a lot of those stories, I don't hear a lot of them from their own words as much as former coaches or uh, opposing coaches or teammates. teammates. or yep. You know, you hear those straight MJ stories from other people. Kobe was someone who talked about the work ethic, the drive, the embracing the process. And I, I have his words in my mind. And that's affected me. In life, it's affected me, and I'll be out and doing this this podcast. Like, hey, you got to enjoy the process. You yeah. want the the end goal, but enjoy this process. And and I heard that from his words, and it's influenced my life outside of just being a basketball fan or a sports fan. Yeah, and that like the Mamba mentality, like right. that's grown so much. And even in the league now, where it, it's got there's guys who probably didn't see Kobe's full career that who have been so impacted by that. Mamba mentality, you know, and 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 you talked about it. That can go in sports, in life, work, family. You know that 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 has a wide range, and I think that's why it hits home with a lot of people. Yeah, 
Absolutely, and that's that's why you know um, we're going to talk about Kobe's career because there's so much. But you know, I remember watching this interview with Ken Burns, the the documentary director, who you know probably the best documentary filmmaker ever. But uh, he was doing this interview with Conan, and he talked about uh, he told this story about when FDR, the president, died, and they had the funeral procession going you know down through downtown DC. And this man, they were in the crowd watching it. When the, the hearse went by, this man, like, fainted. He, he passed out. And so the guy next to him, like, helped him up and everything and was like, hey, are you okay? He was like, yeah. And he said, did you know the president personally? And the man said, no, I didn't know him personally, but he knew me. Hmm. And I think, and that's always stuck with me, that a lot yeah. of times these people, you don't know them, but they, you relate, you connect with them. It's like they speak for you. They you, they hear it, and they help motivate. You never yeah. know when it's a tough time or a tough life, and you know that kid who maybe things are going bad at home, but he watches Kobe drop sixty one at the Garden, and then he's like, "I'm gonna go to the courts and shoot." Like we don't think about those things, yeah. but that's the impact these people have on our lives. And that's what I think, and that's a great point. That's where I think people who don't really understand and love sports don't understand this right because you talked about being an escape you know i know for me a lot of times life stresses work stresses whatever it is but if i put a game on for three hours that really doesn't affect me absolutely i i i just my focus is on the game and like enjoying the game yeah and whatever texting people throughout the game posting stuff on twitter it's just it's all about that and for a little moment there in life you kind of forget about all those things. Even playing the game, I played games for a long time. I'm sure you yeah, have. And yeah. It, and you hear a lot of guys talk about that. That's their escape. Mm-hmm. You know, and people that come from, you know, like the ghetto, quote unquote, the right. ghettos and stuff like that. How the, their mentality is: if I can do this, then I can get my family out of here. Yeah, right. And that's just from watching guys like Kobe. Absolutely, no, great point, and um. It's crazy because I look at it and what you just said, how many, I've done this, I've done many times. I'm like, how many of my friends growing up and it's still a lot of times into adulthood too. It's got, I've gotten better with it. I'm like either playing sports or just being fit. Like we're friends because of sports. Like if you take sports away, my friend group, not just like currently throughout my life, it's like, it's like two, like it just dwindles like really bad. Like my closest friends. I, one of my closest friends, I met him in school, in middle school, but we got close because we were on the same baseball team. Right. So all of the guys on the baseball team, we all became pretty much like brothers. We were from the same neighborhood. And I, I joined that league, I was 11, and to this day, I'm still friends with them. Yeah, exactly. It's just amazing, amazing thing. Same. So we... There's so much to cover uh, with Kobe's career, but we look at, we're going to talk about the highs and the lows of it. We have to. Because he's got both of them, and, and, and we wouldn't be doing this show in the zone justice, and we wouldn't be doing him justice by skipping over stuff. We're going to be real. And we look at starting, came in the league in 96, and people look people forget, like he won. I remember to me, the rookie his rookie year was kind of... Yeah, Dell Harris, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, he barely played. He did. He did. He barely played. He will, he will go stretches like seven, eight games without playing. Right. It's amazing. It, it's crazy. 
And to me, the highlight of his rookie year was the 97 All-Star game, and he wins that dunk contest. And that was like, all right, that's the coach. Because he hadn't heard from him. Youngest All-Star ever. Yeah. You know. He shouldn't have known then, you know. But let's remember, though, that was the second year of the All-Star game. The first year gets highlighted by those four air balls in Utah. In Utah. Yep. And it's funny because I had the last three, you know, when you're a young kid and you got Michael Jordan, he's Superman. And my brother was on the Kobe train. So that was always a connection, especially that early part of Kobe's career was arguments. And we heard it all the time, Michael or Kobe. And it was always that, you know, Kobe was better at Michael at this age. When Michael was 21, he wasn't as good as Kobe is now and all that stuff. And I remember those four air balls happened. And the next morning, my brother and I were getting ready to catch the school bus. And I'm like, what happened last night? Yeah. And he didn't. He was like, yeah. And he was such a big Kobe fan. On the bus, he'd be arguing with people. Kobe's this, Kobe. And he knew he was going to get ripped for Kobe's four air balls. <laughs> and we, we talked about that this week. But that that's what stuck out, really, that rookie year. You know. And. <laughs> My bad. It's okay. It's okay. Excuse me. And you talk about Jerry West. Jerry West credits that game for his turnaround because what that does, what that did for him, was make him work even harder. Yeah, it was it was a driving force for him. It did make him work harder, and you saw that. And you do look back on it, not just this past week, but of kudos to him for wanting the moment. And as you get older, and you start, you know, not everybody wants to take those shots. And big up to him that he kept shooting. Yeah. You know, because no one else, there's a lot of injuries. Shaq had fouled out. Yep. It was an elimination game. Young kid, 18 years old, and didn't let that spotlight get to him. And that's what Jerry West says. He says that if, if it would have been anyone else, they would have stopped after the second shot. He said, not Kobe. Kobe continued to shoot. And that's that Mamba that's mentality. That's mentality. We're talking about. And so you're, you're right. The next year, still the sixth man. Like you said, what is Del Harris doing? But Kobe gets to go to the All-Star game in New York. as a That's his first All-Star game. And it was very cool. What I didn't like about I don't know if you – I'll see what you think. I am glad. I didn't like that stretch where for the All-Star games, you still wore your team jersey, and it was all like I, – I, I like having an East-West jersey. I'm glad they're back to that. I don't know. That's me. I understand where you're coming from, but – I mean, I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know. I, I'd rather have one uniform. Yeah. You know, it looks better. It looks like an all-star game. But that game was a great game. It was. It was. Uh, that was that was Michael's final season yep. with the Bulls. He won the all-star game MVP. But it was awesome to see. It, it was those moments. It was, it was to see the, the, the next generations colliding. And we would later get that kind of with Kobe and LeBron. But we had it right there, seeing Michael, like the torch being passed. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. The torch was being passed. You know. Because he, I love MJ. He was the closest ever. And yeah. And he's really, really close. Absolutely. And some opinions, he's, you know, better than Jordan. Right. Uh, right. In my opinion, I don't think so. But no. He's very close. He's, he's the closest thing we've ever had and probably the closest thing we'll ever ever. Will have. Mm-hmm. You know. So we, we, we look at that stretch, and the Lakers are, are, are growing, you know. 
98, 99, same kind of thing. But then 99's huge because that summer they bring in the Zen Master. Yep. Who's a really, you know, he made he put out a comment on Sunday, but I'm really interested because Phil Jackson's a, a, a huge, he's a huge part of Michael's story, but way differently a big part of Kobe's story. I don't know right. if people are saying as much this week, but Kobe, I mean, Phil Jackson gets hired in 99, 2000 for that season. And yeah, so at this point, it's is no longer on the coach. It's it's on the players. Now, Absolutely. You know, because the coach is there now. Yeah. Proven coach, obviously. And now it's on the players. That's the year Shaq came back in great shape and and destroyed the league. Yeah. Should have been – Shaq should have been unanimous MVP that yep. year. Um, I had the one vote Fred Hickman gave to Allen Iverson, which AI is our guy, but what are you doing? Yeah. Shaq should have been unanimous MVP. But really is um, the the workings for the Shaq-Kobe rivalry, which you hate to say it, but it might be. I, the only other feud I can think of like this is the, the Jimmy and Jerry feud with the Cowboys. I, yeah, it might, Shaq and Penny? <laughs> yeah, this is bigger than Shaq and Penny. Yeah, you know, this definitely. lasted, that this might be the, it's the, one of the greatest what-ifs, one of the greatest duos, one of the greatest feuds, if not that, that we've, We've had in sports, maybe. Yeah, I can't think of any other yeah. one. Maybe T.O. McNabb. But even that, it, that had to stretch out for more more years. Yeah. This Shaq and Kobe thing, if they would have had that straightened out, which I, it was never going to be able to. Right. They were two alpha males. And and I don't – now, looking back, at the time when everything was going on, I was like, what is Kobe doing? Mm-hmm. Looking back – I, I blame Shaq. I blame I blame Shaq definitely because what Kobe was doing was pushing him. You know, Shaq was coming in out of shape, right? You know, overweight, and Co- and it was driving Kobe crazy, right? And even now that Shaq admits it, it's like wow, like everybody should kill Kobe for this. Well, and because and that's something I'll be honest, I have learned, and I can look back and say one of th- is that appearance is huge because mm-hmm. Shaq was playful. Yeah. Fun loving, this big personality. Shaq, like you said, alpha male, demanding. I want this, I want that. Didn't want to put the work in. Yeah. You know, knew that he had Kobe. Let's be real. He admitted that in that he interview did. they did yep. a couple years ago. He knew Kobe would hold down the fort while he's resting. And I, I'll give my brother credit for this. He's a big coach at the time. I was like, you, what's Kobe doing? He's selfish, hero ball. Yeah. But no, it was Shaq. Shaq said, "Pay me my effing money to Jerry Buss, the late, the late great Lakers owner," and was demanding to get paid more. It was taking the franchise hostage. Like Kobe had thoughts. I'm not saying he he was perfect in this by no means. Yeah. But Shaq could have handled this. So he, I look at him as the main cause of that. And that and that drove Kobe crazy. Even in that interview, he said it. He said, "Man, that's what I'm talking about." Yeah. Because like, <laughs> because that year, the first title, Shaq came in the camp. In shape, right? He was he looked and he was dominant, and the Lakers couldn't be stopped. And that was their most dominant team. Yes, from start to finish. Yep. Even the team that, yeah, that was the the most dominant team. Yeah, yeah. Because he was unstoppable. Because I know you because they oh one because that's so ninety nine two thousand they go sixty seven and fifteen, and almost we gotta we have to say that because to me the first my first great Kobe moment was that two thousand playoff run yeah. 
and that they almost blow the three one lead to Portland, and then you had that iconic play. Oh, that was a great series. Great series, and that game seven was great. You know, um, Phil Jackson saying, "You guys are blowing it. I don't know what you're doing." And he walks out the huddle. Yeah. Great. When you look back on, sometimes I'm like, "Man, why I had the guts to do it?" Like. Do that in that kind of a moment, but it's it's great coaching. That's why he's one of the greats. Well, that's why, yep, exactly. You know? That's why he is who he is. And they had that Kobe lob to Shaq, and Shaq dunks it and has the face, and he's pointing and everything. But I don't – I never – great moment, great play. Definitely. When Kobe's first moment where I was like this guy, when I first said to myself, all before then, that's his fourth year in the league, there's no way he can be like Michael. It was game four to 2000 finals. Yep. When Shaq fouls out, yep. that's a really good Pacer team. Yes, it is. You know, we, we talked before. We heard the book of basketball about Reggie Miller, and that, that's a good yeah, Pacer team. That was a good team. And what Kobe does in that game four to really ice the series. Yeah, and that put him on the it put him on the map as, like, a superstar. Absolutely. You know, because that year kind of cemented he was a He was, like, a, a great player, obviously. But that finals put him on the map. And it, I love the one play where he made the jump shot and was walking on the court, like, yeah. calming everybody down. Yeah. Like, it's all right. Don't worry about it. That's That said a lot. You know, that was that, ah, Kobe, man. <laughs> that, that to me, and we'll, we'll debate it, I, I, if I'm going to narrow it down, if I'm going to bookend his career, it, it, that's, we, we talked about this kind of last week with different, you know, teams and like those important games. We did it with teams. For me, I don't know how you feel. There's two games that stick out for Kobe and for completely different reasons. And when we get to the other one, I'll, I'll say what mine is, but that's one of them, that game four in 2000. That's when he elevated for me. Yeah, and it, yeah, and then for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, a lot of people look at that final series as to say that's when he made that step. Yeah. And, and he definitely did because that year after he was lights out from day one from the right. first game, you know. And, you know, even guys like Jalen Rose say the same thing. You know, like that 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 finals, you can see the maturity coming into play now at this point, and and that's when the Lakers team that Lakers team took off. They did, they did. That's when they took off. That's when, honestly, you look at it. Sad, the drama with Kobe, Shaq, and Phil, and Phil, really took off. They you know they win three in a row. Um, the real dominant they that really could have gone off the rail if you look back on it. Besides 0-1 when they beat the Sixers and they dominated the, the playoffs. The playoffs. <laughs> like nobody – only other team to match was the 83 Sixers, Sixers yeah. and they didn't have as many games. But that that still to this day the most dominant playoff run we've ever seen an NBA yeah, team have. they were undefeated until game one of their finals, yeah. which is amazing to think about. Like this is a playoff run, you know what I mean? Like it's not like and, – and I can remember that first game, not to like continue to talk about the Sixers, but that first game – I was like, there's no way the Sixers are going to be able to beat this team. Right. You know, and they win that first game, and you get that little bit of hope. And then Iverson has that famous, you know, he stepped over Lou, and you're like, wow, they might actually do it. But that Sixers team was banged up. Yeah, no, but were, you, that's how great that Kobe and Shaq team is, that that game is probably AI's defining game. Yeah. And now uh, they won the game but lost the series. But that's how great that team, you look at it, you can say, like, how great that team is that – for a great player, his defining moment is a series lost against that great Kobe and Shaq team. But they won the game because he single-handedly beat them. Yeah, and Kobe killed the Sixers that game. And he even, I think it was after game three here in Philly, 
where he was saying to the fan, we're going to cut your effing heart out. Yes. Like, like, and that's just Kobe, you know, like, this is supposedly his hometown team, you know, and he's telling us that. So that's why for me, at the beginning, I wasn't like, it was more AI for me. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest. You right. Know, I, I'm calling Kobe one of my favorite players, but at the beginning, it was more AI for me. And it was, I could relate a little more to Iverson. A lot of people I know can relate a little more to Iverson. And then, I mean, Iverson came out the gates, you know, as a great player, right? in my opinion. And, you know, Kobe at first wasn't from Philly, supposedly. You mm-hmm. know, he said that was his words. And for me, as a young well, a young man, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't appreciate him saying that. Right. You know, he's coming to Philly getting booed now at this point. Right. And, you know, again, at first it wasn't about Kobe. It was more about Allen Iverson for me and a lot of people in Philly. And I think that might have did a little something to Kobe. It did. It like definitely it did. It did. Um, and I'm glad you brought that. That's a great point because that, to me, it was always that Kobe Mike thing and that moment. Because remember, at the end of game two, the Lakers tie up the series in the 0-1 final and Kobe and AI are talking trash. Like, yes. like D, and that, that got me, I remember that got me like riled up too. Yeah, that was that like great. Yeah. And D Fish kind of comes between them and then Kobe's like, I don't care. I thought my city, like blah, blah, blah. And he like made the comment you made. And then that was like proof, like that's why I can't stand this guy. Yeah. That's it. I'm, I'm proven right. And all the people who loved MJ, and you're right, loved AI. Because AI was relatable. You know, small man, going up against the giant, like you just loved that. Philly loved it. I yeah, so. that heart yeah. he had. But it, it's funny because Kobe says what made him become a, which we could say Kobe was an all-time great defensive player, yes. was early in his career. He said he got busted by AI. Mm-hmm. AI dropped like 40 on him, and that made him say, I got to get better on defense and step his game up. Yeah, and that's amazing to think about it. Like, just things like, I mean, and again, harping back to the mama mentality, like getting, you know, getting dropped 40 on you, and that's going to change you immediately. Like, that's greatness, man. Yeah. That's that's just greatness to me. Yeah, and it's it's huge because in '01 he makes those comments. He's Philly's enemy, and in '02 we have the All Star game in Philly. And he gets booed really bad, really bad, <laughs> real bad, yeah. and wins the MVP. Mm-hmm. But I remember he's on the bench, and Jim Gray interviews him, and they're like, he's like, "Does this make you upset or sad?" And he was like, "Yeah," it does. and I, that's when the Kobe hate was there. Yeah. It was like, don't be soft. No, nah, if you hate, if you're going to cut our hearts out, we're going to boo you. Yep. Now you're probably going to And I was like, it's so funny. Like, you know, all this week, so many things have gone through probably everybody's mind. Mm-hmm. But, and people were talking about his second act, and we didn't get a chance to see that. And I totally know what they're meaning, and I agree with it. But to me, his basketball career had two acts. Oh, definitely. You definitely. know, and there's, we look at the early years, and those were the years where, like, he, I'm sure he would have admitted he was pompous. Oh, he was definitely. difficult. Number eight, Kobe was. Number eight was not my guy. Twenty four, I fell in love with. Yeah. Eight was not my my dude. Yeah, Afro Kobe was, but he was a monster on the court. Oh, great, you great. Know? But yeah, I agree. Like he had definitely had two NBA lives. Yeah. And, and what's funny is we're talking about that All Star game, and it did hurt him because I've seen Stephen A. Smith talk to him, <laughs> and, and um. And he admitted, you know, that really hurt. And I, I love that it kind of came full circle anyway. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when he was last game in Philly, you know, he got a standing ovation. 
you know, and he said that meant a lot to him. Which is awesome to hear. It is. It, it was is. awesome to hear. Um, so then you have O2. I was talking to a buddy last night. I really almost feel like there should be an asterisk now next to that O2 title with the Tim Donahue scandal yeah, and yeah. that that Sacramento Kings team. They so they play the Kings in the conference final. The Kings are the top seed. They were a great team. Great, you know, maybe you Sacramento can argue Queens. Sacramento <laughs> Queens, as Shaq said, and one of the best teams to never win it. Those Kings teams, yeah, they were loaded. And um, we have just an all. I think that's one of like the all time great series in NBA history, in my opinion. Yeah, they definitely pushed that Lakers team to the brink. You know, like they they made that team better. Right. Uh, we we have one of the all time great clutch shots. I think that Robert Ory shot. Yeah. You know. Uh, Kobe, Shaq, they would have one less if Robert Horry doesn't make that shot. Yep. Kobe's got four, Shaq's got three. Yep. Um, that Robert was one of the great moments. Yeah. And uh, I'll be honest, because if you weren't like the Northeast, and I still can kind of get this way sometimes, the Northeast, Philly, New York, Boston, even you can go to like Baltimore, D.C., that yeah. old Bosch Wash, that's where the real sports fans are to me in the country. Now, other people, but especially when it comes to pro sports. I know college is different in these other towns, but pro sports, I'm like, it's up here. But I'll be honest, and I thought, L.A., we got celebrities at the games. Yeah. Y'all are soft. Y'all about having Jack Nicholson there and all that. Yeah. One of the loudest I've ever seen a, a stadium erupt is when Robert Ory hit that shot in game four. Yeah, and they say that. That was the loudest the stable center has been, was and has been since. Yeah. And... And I and I agree with you with the East Coast. It's called the East Coast bias, <laughs> but you know there are certain sports fans in certain areas of the country who are great fans. But I think like the four for four mentality is like an East Coast. Yeah, game, you know, because I mean I can look at the Midwest and like St. Louis Cardinal fans are great baseball fans, but I don't know like about anything else. You know what I mean? Like right. it's just it's. I understand what you mean. Yeah, you know, yeah. but. Hey, that helped me, and honestly, this sadly, but this past week has really helped show me too how much like you got to give credit to Waker Nation. Yes, and that that is a great fan base. And oh, for sure. Yeah. Sometimes I guess, like I said, I get into that. Like you said, East Coast buys, and you forget it. But this week has shown it. it you know, we've had proof otherwise, but this showed how great of a fan base that the Lakers are. Yeah, we were all Lakers fans this yeah, week. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And no, they're a great fan base, and that outpouring that. <clears throat> Excuse me. That Kobe received, man, like shots outside the Staples Center. It was thousands of people out there, and that was great to see. That that Lakers game, that first game against Portland, like I, I couldn't wait, and I couldn't make the game. I fell, I fell asleep, but I saw everything like the day, the next day. But just those shots outside the Staples Center, all those people with those cars right in there, you know, all those um, murals that are coming out right. with Kobe for Kobe and and even Gigi, like in those murals is. It's Kobe, LA's Kobe, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't, I don't care. Like, even Magic says it, Shaq, all those guys, this is Kobe's town. It, yeah, I think the only one who could rival it would be Magic. Would be Magic. And yeah. I think after this past week, it's 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 going to be forever Kobe's yep. now. But, yeah, um, they, they, they've done a great – you're right, that's a good, great way to put it. I think we all were Laker fans this mm-hmm. week. And, and so you look at – that O two series and it was really anticlimactic. They mm-hmm. you, you give credit 
whatever, you know, but the Tim Donahue stuff, but they, they outlast it. And I will give credit to them because despite all the bad officiating, game seven, the Kings blew it. Yep. Yep. The Kings just choked. They choked with just not – no one wanted the big shot besides Mike Bibby, and they were just terrible from the line. And then looking back at that Kings team, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Cause they, they were – uh, Why do you say, say it makes sense? Why well, because I, I I look at that team like they were really soft. You know, they like even their best players were, you know, like Chris Webber. I'm, you know, he's a great player. Let's go. I, no, let's get in. Let's get I, in. I, Chris Webber's a great player, but to me, he was soft. That's and to me, that's it. I look at that. He looked frightened. Yep. Yeah, guys like Paige out there. They didn't want any parts of, you know, like Doug Christie. Doug Christie's and Mike Bibby was the only one that. Was trying to do anything, and that's a that's a great point because you look at it when your best player doesn't want it. Yeah, that does you know, and their whole team can feel that, right? And that's you what know, I was that's a trickle down. You know, it's it's no different than that's why I say you know we talked about it like why sports for us and for so many people out there connects because you feel it on your job if your boss is panicking, you're like, what the hell? Like, yeah. what? Let's go. There's something. What's what's wrong? Like, you know. If that leader is strong, you feel stronger. And, like, I see that now in life, all aspects. But sports was the one where I saw that, where I'm like, yeah, like, you watch C-Web. That ball was a hot potato. I thought something was wrong with it or (laughs) he's allergic. Like, he was giving that ball up, wanted no parts of it. And that's why Shaq used to say what he used to say. And looking at it, I just thought it was more trash talk, but – there's truth on. to it. He was dead on. There was truth to it. Because he, he would he would go in there and they I mean they were killing Shaq down low, but you know, he would go in there and dominate. You know, like the Webbers, the Vivas, the Pollards. Yeah, like, Scott Pollard. Yeah, like he was killing them all and he was calling them soft while yeah. doing it. Yeah. And I never I'll let's see if you remember. So they win game seven. Great game, end of a great series, and Kobe and Bibby are interviewed afterwards together and it was really cool and this is just kind of hitting me now yeah while i'm talking to you that you know they interviewed mike baby talked about his performance about it, and kobe gave a lot of dab gave props to him and kobe's like that was fun yeah he's like i enjoyed it. that was fun that was great you know he came he brought it i brought and that's that's the the beauty of a competitor man when you're getting when you're in that 15 round it's down to the wire and you're like it was fun yeah and that's I mean, that's the competitor. Yeah. That's that Mamba mentality going back to that. And I'm going to keep, like, harping on that. No, absolutely. Because these are all just examples of what that means. And for someone to love that and to be pushed like that, that's what he probably loved the most is being pushed and pushed and pushed by Bibby. And he couldn't push anymore. Yeah, yeah. Mike would have had some help. If C-Web would have not played hot potato, (laughs) you know, we might be calling the Kings the O2 world champs. But – that's something when you can look at that guy who pushed you and say, big up to you, man, props, like, you pushed me. And a lot of times we can do it later on. In the moment, though. Kobe, in the moment, we're like, oh, this this that's a son of a bitch, you know. Yeah, I knew I was going to do this. Blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah, but Kobe. But I think that kind of started that, like, like the maturity in yeah. Kobe, too. Like, you can start to see glimpses of it, you know, from time to time. Because at that point, he was still – Number eight, Afro Kobe. Yeah, he, he had that swag to him. Which is all right. Yeah. I'm good with that. I love that. Exactly. Now I do. But I, I, I still don't. I'll be honest. Okay, I'll take that back. I respect it now. I still wasn't my guy. 
And well, I think it, it goes into it. We look at 03 and what happened. Yeah. Um, with the the sexual assault yeah, case stuff, yeah. and what happened in Colorado, and for me, that's where there's a tale of two Kobe's, as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, I think that's when like, excuse me, that's when when Kobe Family Guy started like changing, and and it was put front and center. He had the press conference with Vanessa and. Mm-hmm. You know, telling her sorry and telling everyone else sorry, and he didn't do it, and hey, that was deep. You know, and that next year, that 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 they would have won another title, I think. But that year, Kobe was not right. Kobe wasn't right, and this is where we, you know, talk about Phil. Phil comes into play yes. because I am a big Phil Jackson guy. Yeah. Always have been. Just love how he looks at things. But Phil wrote this book. Yeah, the last season. I have this. I have a few Phil Jackson books, but the, this is an infamous one. Yes, the last season, a team in search of its soul. And I'm gonna see what you think. I don't think we get on Phil enough. Phil roasts people. I mean, it, this wasn't the first time he roasted Kobe. For sure but I mean, this is the ultimate roasting. Where I don't know how they had a relationship after this. Yeah, he called him uncoachable and. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it would be hard for me to have a relationship with you, knowing how you really feel. Right. You know, if that's how you really feel, then don't coach me. You know, and but they try to get through it. You know, but Kobe going back and forth to Colorado during the season. With the private jet. Yeah, it, it was. It was. I mean, look, that's a very serious situation and very serious allegation. So I don't want to make it seem like you know that's not an important thing. You know, but. You know, meaning that we're here to talk about Kobe and you know, in sports in general. So that was that that affected him. You yeah. Know? And that season, Shaq again came in, and not in the best of shape. And but they still, you know, make it to the finals. You know, and through all of that. But you know, I hear a lot of interviews, and I see a lot of like interviews, and and people were saying that 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 took the toll on Kobe. It did, and you you see. The Lakers are getting them, and and Jose's absolutely right. We're not here to get into the the inner works of a, a yeah. of a trial. We're not legal eagles yeah, here. I'm not, I'm an attorney. Uh, not an attorney, but we're looking at it from the lens of sports. And to me, that season that was a the game to that's when that's the end of the first act to me. Yep, is is right there. And you look at it. Here's a quote from that Jackson wrote of his concern. Kobe can be consumed with surprising anger, which he's displayed toward me and toward his teammates. He rebels against authority. They, Jackson and Laker management decided to loosen the reins on Bryant. And Kobe came in saying, if Shaq makes any comments, I'm not going to take this shit. I'm going to come right back at him. And, I mean, this is when this is when the ESPN was already huge. ESPN, yeah. to me... So many careers grew off of yeah. this beef, especially for like those West Coast reporters. Yes, you know, yes. Like the Jays, Dondes, yep. All of those, Bill Plaskies, all of those guys. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, Colin say, Cowherd, even. Yep, yep. I mean, because a lot came out of that. I mean, then you had the supposed. Well, it wasn't supposed, but when he interviewed Kobe, he was saying Shaq, you know, paid paid people. Paid people. Which, I, that's where I was like, Kobe, you wrong, yeah, man. You, you don't do, do that. that. You can't do that. Bro code. You that's know. what I was like with it. You heard, remember you hear Shaq went to the, Shaq wanted to fight Kobe, and I was like, those are fighting words, man. Definitely. <laughs> those are fighting words, and, uh, 
what they all what they always say though, and they they have been able to laugh about that near when it came to blows was Kobe didn't back Kobe was ready to fight too. Yep, they actually threw punches at one point. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what season it was, but you know they I remember the, I don't know if it was the sit down interview or they was just interviewing each other and talking about it. And Shaq said, I threw a couple punches, Kobe threw some too. Yeah. You know, and I give Kobe credit. I give Kobe credit as well. <laughs> I mean, dude. let's be real. Donovan didn't do that with T.O. Nope, he went to no parts. Yeah, he walked out the room. Yep. I was like, all right, Donovan, we see. We see. Yeah. But Kobe, like you've been saying, Mamba. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, if I get, get if I get this ass whooping, I'm going down swinging. And, and I, honestly, though, love to hear what he said, what he what he felt. I don't, I don't knowing him, he probably didn't. I didn't think that way. No, he probably was just like, "Let's go." Yeah, you know. And I won't be surprised that about that. You know, I would love to have been there, but yeah, you know, I'm sure it wasn't that many people there. No, no, no. Thank God for uh, for Brian Shaw. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who, who did a great job on NBA TV on Sunday. Last Absolutely, Sunday. he did a great job. He was the first. He was the first teammate that I saw on air talking about it, and he was struggling. You know, I respect him for even doing it. Absolutely, you know, like, you're right. But saying all of that, they still made it to the finals. They game. did. They and that's the year. And this kind of—I I don't know how you feel. I, I'm going to bring. It's different, but they brought in future Hall of Famers, Malone, Gary yeah. Payton. It's not the same as what we saw later with even like the big three with the Celtics or then the decision and all that stuff that we've seen later on, and, and especially in this past decade of yeah. basketball. But. Uh, Kobe and, and, and Gary wanted those I mean sorry, Carl and Gary wanted those rings. Yeah. They were they were ring shopping. Yeah, and I think what the Lakers did at that, that year was like a huge red flag for the rest of the league. It was they just threw a bunch of talent together thinking it'll work out and it didn't. Yeah. Know, it didn't. I mean they got to the finals, you know, but in the finals they got crushed. Um maybe I, I want to say in my lifetime, only thing that tops it as far as an upset was 2011, Dallas beating the, the Heat. Uh, well, maybe the, the biggest upset I've seen in an NBA, in a, in a playoff series in my lifetime. Yeah, it's up there. It, I think I think maybe Dallas has it. Yeah, I, I, I think, think. That, yeah, because that Miami was, was, if one team can be overhyped, then that Lakers team was that first year. Rightfully so, mm-hmm. that first year Miami team and, you know, Dirk. Dirt came to play. Dirt came to play. So I, but it was a huge upset. I don't think anyone saw. I, I mean, I get the. I love those Detroit teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at it. There's not. There's not. There's not great players. Yeah. None of those guys are Hall of Famers, in my opinion. The Lakers might have had the top four players in that series. For sure. You know, and and not only that wasn't an upset, they crushed the Lakers. You know, and that was more of the surprising aspect for me. They beat the shit out of them. <laughs> they did. If, if not for a Kobe game winner, they yep. get swept. Yeah. You know, it, they, it wasn't. I remember uh, while I loved the uh, NBA TV, the open courts, yeah. and they had Shaq and Chauncey Billups on, and Chauncey's like, it wasn't even a game. It was a scrimmage. And I was like, damn, that's a good line. Oh, that is a good one. I'm like, I like that. Yeah, I, I use that line a lot. When, when you see blowouts, I'm like, yeah, this team, you know, I'm watching these team practice right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, you get it right to Shaq on that. I'm like, go ahead, Chauncey. But. That was the end. Yeah. That was a, a tumultuous season. Phil Jackson, he details it very vividly in yeah. that book. Um, yeah, he had a part in that, the big part in that. Yeah. He could have he handled that a lot better. 
And and the next offseason they trade Shaq. And Shaq, Les, that's what we talked about. Shaq deserves a lot. Shaq opened by saying, preseason game, yelling at Jerry Buss, pay me my effing money. Yeah. Said it right to him. Shaq wanted more and more. More and more con which Shaq later joked about at Jerry Buss's funeral. He goes, I asked for an extension, he gave it to me. Asked for another one, he gave it to me. Asked for a third one, traded me. Traded. <laughs> you know, like Shaq had a lot to do with that too. Oh, they all did. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing. Like, even today, like I see Shaq taking his part of that blame, which is I guess good to see, but a yeah, little maturity, too late for that. I guess, yeah. yeah. But if they could have kept that together, man. They, they they joke around say they would have won ten. They they would have been close to that. I think. I think. You know. I, and I I think that's why the only thing I can compare it to is the, for me the the Jerry Jones Jimmy Johnson because you still hear that when you see Aikman and Michael Irvin and Emmitt, yeah. uh, those players saying if Jimmy doesn't leave, we could have won four in a row maybe five if Jimmy's still there. I I don't think so. I think the Lakers have more of a chance of doing what you said yes. than the Cowboys did of doing. I think they could win another one, maybe. Who knows? But yeah, I mean that Cowboys team was. I mean, you got free agency and all that came into play, and you know people started stripping that team, thinking you know their players were pretty good when they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> but that Lakers team was stacked, and I mean Kobe wins two more. We'll get into that, but Kobe wins two more. If he had Shaq, they went probably won one of those other years that Kobe didn't win the title. You're looking at. That's close to six, seven, and yeah, absolutely. So, to me, I think we're we're in Act Two. Yes. For Kobe. Yes. So you know, after that season, Phil goes. You get Rudy Tomjanovich, and that's when you get that the Shaq trade. You get Lamar coming in and Karan Butler and all those things, and it's a different team now. Yes, and it's Kobe's team. It's Kobe's team. Kobe's team, and you know that team doesn't get complete until they make that. Paul Gasol trade, right. which was a steal. Yeah. And but bringing in Odom, Odom, Odom always had talent. You know, he was. I remember him. He was in Rhode Island. He mm -hmm. was a great player, and mm -hmm. he had it all. He was size, handle. He can shoot a little bit, rebound. I mean, but when he came to the Lakers, I was. I, I thought it was like a good pickup if he can reach that quote unquote potential. That yeah. scary word. Yeah, Lamar Odom. To me, there's two guys of that era who just put, you always hear that word, and people just love them, and they never hit it to me. And people will take chances, and they would be like, oh, but this guy, Lamar, and to me, it's Lamar and Rasheed Wallace were the two guys who was always potential, potential, and to me, never got it. And they were, like you said, so superbly talented, yes. but just couldn't put it together. Rasheed had a little better of a career yes. than Odom, but those couple years, Odom with Kobe and the Lakers, and I feel like a lot of, a lot of it was due to Kobe being there. Absolutely. Kobe helped him out tremendously and pushed him. I mean, I can't imagine like sitting in a like sitting in a in practice or in a meeting, sitting with Kobe Bryant and and trying to slack off a little bit and that's just, I can't imagine. And and absolutely. And you're right because to me this is where I've been thinking of, I thought about it in the past, but this week is really it was the second act, and this is where I can say, for me, if any, you know, the quote about embracing the process, there's two things that as, a, as life, Kobe impacted me personally that I'll never forget. And that quote is one of them, but two, it's 
pre the the trial, I felt Kobe was trying to image wise be the way Mike was. Yes. He had the McDonald's commercial and he's doing he's playing with the kids. And it's really you hear all the other things like, Well, you're kind of an asshole, but what are you yeah. doing? But But Jordan was an asshole. Jordan was absolutely yeah. but it and it got covered up and hidden. That's the difference. That's the difference though. But to me, Kobe after that and once Shaq goes and he becomes twenty four He's comfortable in his own skin. Yes. He doesn't care. And that stuck with me in my life of being your true self. Yeah, and I also think it became, and not that it wasn't before, but it became all basketball at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure he was working hard, you know, those first years, and I'm not taking, you know, any of that credit away from him. I mean, he won three titles. Yeah. But at that point in time, I just feel like it became all basketball. He didn't really care about anything. He just wasn't doing rap albums. He wasn't, you know, trying to shoot videos. It was all basketball. It was. And it showed. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have those early days and there's, you know, when he has, which to me, it, I'm not going to lie, we're, we're funny that the beef with Smush Parker. <laughs> I talk about a guy, Smush Parker is insignificant, but besides the fact Kobe hated it. He hated Kobe. And even way after they were done playing, Kobe was still, you see in interviews, he's, I remember the podcast he did with A-Rod a couple years ago, or maybe a year ago. And then he's complimentary, even with Phil, like, yeah, we had that tough time. And I'm like, what do you do? But then bring up Swish Parker. That guy's a bum. I hate him. He, he wasn't shit. And all. It's just. It's so, those, some guys just get under your skin and it, they don't ever go away. And it was Smush. For yeah. Kobe. Well, Kobe was Smush. Kobe hated some Smush. I wouldn't like a guy named Smush. Anyway. No, I couldn't. But a low moment for me, and I'll be honest, one of the reasons why Kobe can't be Michael was in this time frame in 07, that Phoenix series. Yes. And he hits the game winner, you know, has the fist pump and everything. Mm-hmm. But then game seven in Phoenix goes ghost in that second half. Doesn't all, shoot. Doesn't shoot. Doesn't shoot. And he says it like it was all he was getting he's just passing the ball, passing the ball. Yeah, he to me purposely dropped that ball. Right. And I think it was a message to like management to be like get me more talent. But still, you got to go out on that shield, and he didn't do it. And that's the difference when people always try to compare other players to Jordan, and that that that's not happening with Jordan. Mm-mm. You know, and that's the difference. Like guys can work hard, and I'm sure they all. I mean, they obviously all do, and maybe work a little harder than Jordan. I don't know, but when those situations come, Jordan is not doing that. No. You know? And and for the most part, Kobe didn't either. But in that series, he did. And we have to be fair. That's a that's a red flag on his, on his career, on his basketball career. That was that was a mark to me because he didn't go out that warrior mentality. And as much I ripped LeBron for doing it later on, you know, after this, but LeBron had those moments. And as great as he is, there there are always going to be knocks against why he's not the goat for me. Yep. Kobe has that too. Um, just Kobe has less of them. Definitely. I agree. I'm just going to say that. I agree with that. I agree. Kobe has less of them, but that was one. Yeah, we got to put it out there. You know, we're going to talk to good Kobe, obviously, and we have been, but we got to point out those times, too. We won't do this podcast justice. No. Uh, and I don't think, you know, rest in peace, I don't think he would want us to. He wants us to Definitely. be honest. And that was a low. But then, like you said earlier, the, the Pau Gasol. Yep. And that 08 run, 
yeah, that was an amazing trade for the Lakers. And as soon as they got that big man that they that Kobe needed, and then that's when Lamar started gelling. They all gelled together, and that drafting behind them. Yep that that was a that was a good that was a good team. Yeah, really good team. Yeah, and they were playing Boston in the finals, and it was, that was great. That's great to see. I'll be honest. This is at this point is when I'm full on Kobe because yes, yes, yes. yes. There's a few teams I hate. In that always, it's I'm gonna give you the Duke basketball. Yes, I'm gonna give you the New York Giants for me. The Celtics are there. Your Ohio State Buckeyes are there. That there's always, no matter who the, the personalities are, I will always loathe them. I, I didn't bring them up. You did. Yeah, I hate the Buckeyes, but I hate Boston. And so this is when I was full on. Let's go, Kobe Bean. And they they didn't have it in 08. No, not in 08. That Boston and and. Fairness, that team was pretty good. And I never had the Boston hate until recent. You know? Oh, okay. But I never, like, I hear, I would hear guys in the radio talk about it, like the older guys, and they really have that Boston hate, you know, Philly Boston hate. I didn't. Even that, the KG teams with, you know, Ray Allen, like, I wanted, I wanted the Sixers to draft Paul Pierce. I did too. You know, and so I never really, that team didn't bother me. I hated that team because I, I – I, <laughs> I uh, see. <laughs> Paul Pierce, I did want the Sixers. He was one of those guys, and we talked about it before off air, guys you, you hated but loved to have. Paul Pierce is high on that list. But yes. Paul Pierce was an ass to me. He was. And there was, That team was full of asses. Yeah. Um, yeah, KG, Rondo. Like, yeah, uh, it's just a full – and then and it, KG helped bring it out. And to me, KG – I didn't notice because he's out in the middle of nowhere in Minnesota. Yeah. So I knew he was a great – I followed his career. Yeah, he was a great player. So I knew how great a great player, but I didn't know that assholiness was in him until he got the ball, and I was like, oh, I can't stand you now. I can't stand you. Yeah, that, that spotlight brought that out yeah. even more to him. And you had, like, the, the – I grew up – my dad is 67. He's a Wilk guy. So it was in my family's blood. And then I had family down south who always would bring that up. Yeah. You know, Todd, they loved the Celtics with McHale and Bird and Parrish and Beaton. And I loved growing up Dr. J, and I loved Doc and Magic over Bird. Like, I was just always, nah, I can't yeah. go with Bird. You know, <laughs> and Bird's a great player. So it was always in me, and it was always just, I would bump into guys Knicks fans or Celtic fan, and just trying to brag about whatever yeah. and harp it on the past. So I did have that hate, but this 08 team confirmed it, and it's been <laughs> strong since. Yeah, we're we're it's been on fire ever since, and you know it, it that is key to me because Kobe was upset. They they really did. They, I mean, it went six games, but they got really shellacked. Yeah, yeah. Boston had a great year. That, you know that 08 season, they had a really really good year. And I I feel. That was huge on – it's an NBA that we don't I, – I thought about this all this week. The NBA, That was the last of the NBA that you know yep. and I know was that 08 to 2010 run. Mm-hmm. And it's symbolic with Kobe's passing that, you know, you look at it like the game after that, those last few years of the 2000s, that the game was totally different the yep. next decade. Yep. You know, um because they go back in 09 and win it. They get tougher yep. and they win it. But Boston, that was supposed to be – some people say that was Boston's best team. Yeah, that they had a great year that year too. You know. Yeah, but Kobe, he needed that title. He wanted to have that one over Shaq, you know. And 
Well, that one would that was four. Oh nine when they beat Orlando was four. Yes, that was four. But yeah. that KG had the uh, the injury. Yeah. Because um, I knew this guy, and I, I'm probably gonna send him this. Actually, I know I will. Pete went to school. He's from Boston, and you know um, my freshman year was oh seven oh eight. So I was sick to my stomach. So he comes a year after me. He's um, you know year younger than me, and he's really just riding his wave. And I remember uh, as making, he should, as he should. I give him that. But I just I loved him as a guy, great guy. Besides that, when it came to the playing ball or talking ball, couldn't stand Pete. But I remember laughing at him because Jalen Rose making fun of KG's injury because he's like, see, that's wrong right there. That's a non because KG just jumped and then he yeah, out. That's yeah. a non-contact injury. And I I remember I kept showing that to him. Like, Look, non-contact. That's why he ain't going back to back. Non-contact. He's soft. KG's obviously not soft, but He's it was definitely not soft. It was fun to make fun of him back then for it, but they get that fourth one. But if people kind of say that, they're like, "What if KG doesn't get hurt?" Now you could say the year before, "What if Bynum's healthy?" Yes, that's and the people forget about that too. Mm-hmm. Bynum started coming into his own that '08 year, that '07 year, and then '08 he was make, good. Makes he that got other, hurt. makes that other take that other step. You know? And we look at uh, an '08. Bynum was never soft. I mean, he got hurt a lot, but when he played... No, he was tough. He had a, he had a nastiness. You could say he was soft with the injuries, I guess, but when he was out there, he had a nastiness. He was soft when he came to Philly. Oh, yeah, he had, he threw in the towel when he came to Philly. <laughs> That's a different story. Oh, okay. God. But, I'm to put that out there. Yeah, no, you were right. You were right. It's, uh, it, was, it was different, though. That's when he had the boom, boom, pow, because pow was getting... He wasn't ready for that moment. No. No, no, no. He... <laughs> He shrunk a little too. <laughs> he shrunk. Yeah, I mean, but that can happen. That happens to a lot of good players. That happens to a lot of great players, and that's why guys like Kobe, man, that's that's what makes them so special. That they don't shrink, man. They they no. they get bigger when the that's spotlight's absolutely. on them. And that's because for me, if a guy is like a fringe, let's say like Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. I'll just use that as an example. A Reggie Miller, I'll mm-hmm. go there, and you know, you brought him up earlier in the show. And you know that that podcast you told the, the Bill Simmons podcast. To me, if you're French, but you can step up when the spotlight's on you, I think that puts you over. The I top. agree. You know, I that, agree. That says a lot about you. I as agree. A it pushes you over into that another level. Mm-hmm. You still have to have the overall. The, the whole package matters. Of course. I think people are losing that today in in Hall of Fame and greatness discussions. It's the whole package. Um, it's not just you had some clutch moments. It's it's were you consistent? Were you consistently great day in and day out? Is the biggest thing first and foremost. But you're right. That is huge. If you're on that, but you could step it up and mm-hmm. you could kind of trick your mind and yeah. saying I am a star. I, I'm uh, this guy is on this uh, level ahead of me. But today, no, we're on the same level. That's kudos to you for that. And vice versa, it can work vice versa as Absolutely. well. If you're a superstar player, but you're Shrinking in those big moments, that can drop you down a couple pegs. Absolutely. Because you have guys like Robert Ory, who in the clutch was amazing, but on the on the day to day, was just a good just role a, player. He's a good role player. Yeah. You know, that's one of the blasphemous things. People say Robert Ory should be in the Hall of Fame. No, no, and no, I'm no, like, no. come on now. There's come a they, there should be a Hall of Fame of very good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that's what all these are becoming now. Yeah. Hall of very good. But you know, I talked about it earlier. The two games, and it's the game that I go to so much for Kobe, and he did not 
it's a, it's a tale of so many acts, two acts, a tale of two halves. Was in the next year, so they won that fourth one in '09. They beat Orlando. Beat Orlando. 2010, you get the rematch. Yep. You get Lakers Celtics, and you knew there was just so much with that man. You knew the history, Lakers Celtic, and the Lakers get them. Kobe's legacy. Yeah. He needed to pass Shaq. He needed to pass Shaq. The big three. What would their legacy be? They were they were on their last leg. Yeah, they were. What would their legacy be? There's so much going on with that team. Yeah, Doc Rivers left the the money. He hit it. You know, had that whole Mbutu <laughs> shit. You know, all that. I hated it. But he said, "We'll be back here in June to get that money." And he hid the money in the Staples Center, yeah. and then he found the. You know, which is a good good coach. I gotta hey, give Doc that. No, he's a good coach. Give it up, but I hate that team. But kudos yeah, to Doc. You've confirmed that. I hate that team. But kudos <laughs> to Doc for that. And 2000, you knew Kobe wanted that. Too. Yeah, it, there was no stopping him. No stopping him. He needed, for himself, he needed that one over Shaq. And he, they talk about it, that sit-down interview, he talks about it all the time. He needed that one. In a press conference, he mm-hmm. talked about it that when he won the series. He talked about it, now I got five. Yep. And Shaq has four. Yep. But I go to game seven. Yeah. Because that was, that's such a, and if there's another game that the, that there's the two for me. It's Game Four, two thousand, and it's Game Seven, twenty ten. Yeah, he put that team on his back. And the thing is, he shot awful. He yep. played awful. Yeah, he really did. He was six for twenty four. He was forcing shots. What came out later was that Doc did that on purpose. Okay. That he knew that Kobe would want it so bad that he kind of tricked and roped him into it, and kind of like that was part of the game plan. Let Kobe. Kobe's going to force it. You know. And he did. And. You can you knew that was coming. Yeah. Game seven. Yeah, you knew that was coming, which is why what made Doc Rivers such a good coach. But that game to me is so huge because they won it in his legacy. But if you look at it, it, it's what I look for when I judge a player. You know why Tracy because he always had the guys. You had it. MJ had it too. Now MJ had it. Is Clyde Drexler better than him? Yeah, yeah. This guy Kobe had it. Is is who's better, Kobe or, or Vince Carter? Yeah, that little thing. Then he had the T-Mac he had comparison. The T-Mac thing, yeah. Never, to me, was close because they didn't. They could score. Yeah, they both Especially, were great players, but they didn't do it all. Nope, they yeah. weren't complete. I look for people who are complete. You're bringing it on both ends of the floor. You're yeah. doing everything. T-Mac's one of the great offensive players we've ever seen. Yeah, offensive, offensive, defense. Vince too. Vince didn't have it. Yeah, but what Kobe. Did in that game is he relied on Powell, yeah, Artest. He, he took a back step. And what did he do? Got 15, hit the glass, got rebounds. And that to me is huge. That to me is huge in life. Yeah. I'll be real. Like, we've talked about it. We work together. Doesn't matter what you talk. Do what you can to help the team. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be the guy, the hero ball. Do whatever you can. And yeah. he did it. Some days you're going to be the hero, some days you're not. You yeah. know, and it. It speaks to an individual who can see that at the moment, you know, because I can force a lot of things if I'm at work or even whatever in a relationship, mm-hmm. and some days I don't have it, you right? Know? And it's all right, and it's it. It takes a special, not a special individual, but it takes somebody with that's going to put that pride to the side and say, "Today I don't have it. Let me do whatever I can do to help these guys win." Absolutely, and that's exactly what he did. I think. 
Yeah. Did you? Uh, I don't know if you saw what Derek Fisher said when they had the TNT because the Lakers Blazer game was uh, postponed. I mean, Lakers, sorry, Lakers Clippers, Clippers game. game. And the interview when they had when inside the NBA had the tribute. And yeah, they, I didn't see the full interview, with Derek Fisher. I saw like the first part of it. So they talk about Game Seven, and he says Kobe was really he was just anxious. He was forcing yeah. it. And they remember they're trailing. They were down by a good bit throughout that game, and there's a timeout. And he said, "The fish said I sat next to him, and I was like, there's nobody I'd rather be out there with battling than you, man. Don't worry, we got this. Calm, calm down.' And you know what he said? He said, "I don't know what she said to this day. Vanessa leaned over and whispered something in Kobe's ear, and then that's when you saw like I think after that timeout, he hit a jumper and started trusting his teammates more." But yeah. I, it that takes a great tidbit. Yeah, and that's what I love. That I don't love it, but I love these stories that are coming out now. Like you, you I'm, I'm hearing so many like those stories that we didn't hear. Right. When you know he was with us, obviously, and definitely when he wasn't playing. You know, I've heard Shaq told the story, and I don't mean to go back, but no, it's cool. You know, he was telling the story that Kobe was sit on the all the way in the corner of the locker room with headphones on, and then acting like he's listening to music. And he had no music on. He just wanted to hear what all the other guys were talking about, if they were talking about him. Yeah. It's things like that that you – that's crazy to me, you know. And, but that's that's also – some some guys need that to push them. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you whatever it takes. You know, like I also heard – I saw an interview with his high school coach, and he was talking about he would come in in the morning, and the lights were out, and he was shooting in the gym. Like, that's – your, your average player is not doing that. No. And that's what elevates guys. And, and I love stories like that. Like, and those guys had all the insights. They played together for so mm-hmm. long. And it's, it's a good thing that they're coming out with those stories. Yeah. Because you need to hear that. And that, that's almost like building that lore. It, for sure. It's Because I feel like the only person now, I'm going to put Kobe up there, is like Bo Jackson. Mm-hmm. Like, you hear all these stories about Bo Jackson, you know. And it's like, is it real or is it you know, not real? But now you're starting to hear these stories with Kobe, and it's like, wow. Like, and it's like building and building his lore more. And more. Well, that's that's a that's a great point. That's interesting. Not to be too off, but like, who who makes that list of those stories, those lore stories where, you know, they they could say something that was totally like not believable, but because it's that athlete, you're like, maybe. Like did did he did he so, did he jump over ten cars? Yeah. Or you know, but I, maybe. So, and you you talked about it earlier there. I mean, like you talked about Will. That's one yeah. who you hear stories about, and it's like even especially in, you know living in the city, it's like wow, like did he really do right, that? Right, right. You know, even that hundred point game, like it's not televised. Like I don't, <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. didn't see it. You know, <laughs> but Jose doesn't believe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need video evidence. Bo Jackson, you always again. We talked about Bo Jackson. You hear a lot of those stories. I'm I'm putting Kobe up there now. You know all these yeah. little stories that you're hearing from players and coaches, and it's like wow. I think, and I think you're right. I think Kobe. I think Kobe and Mike. And yeah, Mike's definitely up. Mike's in every list. <laughs> right, that's true. Mike is hard to have, but you look at the different stuff. Bo Jackson, it it was freakish nature. Yeah, I never heard those. I those Bo Jackson stories amaze me. But I'm not like, I could do that. I'm like, I'll never oh, do no, that. Oh, no, I'm know? not doing that. Wilt stories, amazing. But I'm like, never. <laughs> yeah. You know, Mike stories even to a point. Mm-hmm. Amazing, 
And all of them, I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah. Kobe's, and he's, not that he wasn't athletically gifted, but that's where I think he's different. Yeah. I'm like, I can do that. Not basketball, but just in life. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah, because it's more stories of, and I, and I totally understand where you're coming from, because it's like, you'll hear Bo Jackson stuff, and it's like, physically, like, he was doing things, you know, like in, in Auburn, he was hitting home runs to the top of the scoreboard. Yeah. Like, physically, like, I can't do any of those things. But with Kobe, it's like, it was more like the human almost. Right. You know, like, right. I, can, I can do that. Like, I think I can do that. I can get up at 5 o'clock and go to the gym, if I was playing, obviously. Yeah. You know, I can do those things. Or I can shoot in the gym if it's dark. You know, I've, I've shot outside in the rain. Like, I don't know. Like, things like that. Like, mm-hmm. I've done a little bit of those things. Nowhere near, you know, what Kobe Bryant is doing, obviously. But I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and, and you, you, yeah, I appreciate you broke it down. Like, obviously, I, I'm not going to go to the NBA and be, you know, fourth on the all-time score. I don't mean that, ladies and gentlemen. But I mean, like, <laughs> I hear those stories, and when I compare Bo Jackson or Wilt to me, and whatever I'm doing, I'm like, they're they're doing just God-given things. Yes. And most people aren't like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not like that. And whatever I do, my my job, my I'm not like I just show up for a podcast and just blah, 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 I just yeah. do it and then it was the greatest episode, you know, me and Jose had the greatest episode in podcast history. It's like, <laughs> no, no, I'm, that's not I'm I, not here to do that. Yeah, yeah. We we're not we're not that. But when you hear what Kobe did, it's like, oh, I related to my job or this podcast, I can work. Yeah. I can think of ideas. I can get up early and prep for this show. I can get up early and Get my get to work yeah, on before you, you have and get control ready. of that. Yeah, yeah, you know I can do that, and that's where I'm like Kobe's hit me. I relate to it. Yeah, and it's is Kobe's the man. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> uh, uh, it's, it's, it's certain points of this podcast where I just had to go back and just say just say his name because you know he's he's man. I'm going to miss Kobe. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that and that game means so much. Because on a couple, it's, it's an argument. Me and my brother always have it. Because then when Kobe was done, even afterwards, it's like that. I, at first, I was like, well, that's a bad. I'm like, that's a that's, He was doing here. That's selfish ball what he was doing. Oh, for sure. And my brother was like, but the 15 reap. And I'm like, yeah, he did do other. But now I look back and I'm like, that's that's huge in life. That's huge in you doing, you know, what we talked about earlier. And I also say that's the... That game, Game 7, 2010, is the end of the era of basketball that we know. Yes. Because to me, a few weeks later, you have the decision. Yeah. And that's 2010, summer of 2010. And this past decade has been flipped, for better or for worse, you can say. Some people will argue either I'm way. I'm going to say for worse, but that's <laughs> I agree. Um, it's been different. Yeah. And you look at it, that was huge. He was it, the last of that breed. Yeah. You know, it was huge to see. We can go back. Michael kept losing to the bad boy Pistons, and he beat them. Yep. It was huge to see Kobe lost to the 08 Celtics. And with his guys, now they added Ron Artest, mm-hmm. but that same squad. It's the same team for the most part. Yeah. We're going to beat them. Yeah. We're going to get better and tougher, and we're going to beat. Kobe didn't say, I'm going to join Boston. No. You know, which is what this past decade of basketball yeah. became. 
hey, I'm going to call up KG and Paul, and we're going to work together. Yeah. He said, I'm going to make it work with my guys. We're going to get tougher. Yeah, and you're not going to see that anymore. That was, I think, I, I and this kind of hit me this week when, you know, we're getting ready talking about it, and we're going to do it on Kobe. That was the last of that era. That game signifies a change in basketball eras. Yeah, because I get Boston semi-started it, but you still had guys like Kobe I, I, Iverson in the league, and like I can't, I couldn't see I, Iverson leaving the Sixers to go play for the Lakers. You know, after right. in two thousand two, right. you know, like I, it just wasn't going to happen. No. And and like I, I seen a seen a Lakers fan that Sunday, or maybe that Monday, being interviewed outside of Staples Center, and he said the exact words. He was like, "Kobe was the last of a dying breed." Yeah, you know, and there's not going to be. Guys who are just going to stick with one team for twenty years, first of all, right, and then try to make that one particular team better, and just continue to work with the same team. No, that's not happening anymore. These guys are not doing that. I mean, I could see Damian Lillard maybe like he's kind of cut from that yeah. a little bit, but that's now. Mm-hmm. I want to see what happens in like three years when he has the opportunity to maybe go somewhere else yeah. and, and join and, and win a title. And, and I could see a lot of guys doing it now, especially when they start getting a little older, and it's like. I want that ring. Let me go play with LeBron or something. And, and to be fair, when we say the good, Kobe almost did do that. Remember, I remember um, I was looking at colleges. Trying, I was doing a tour at Widener when Kobe went on Stephen A's show yeah. and said, yeah, I do want to be traded. Yeah, I'd rather play in Pluto. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Kobe, uh, Kobe was close. Yeah. But Jerry Buss, which give credit to him, He's oh, a great owner. Great owner. And the Lakers haven't been the same since. Yeah. Um, Jerry Buss, even Jerry West. We heard that story on Tuesday night. It's an amazing gym. Yeah, it's talked about Kobe's going to sign with the uh, the Clippers mm-hmm. to stick it to him. He said, Jerry West, and thank God he did. <laughs> he said, you cannot go there. You cannot play for that owner. And truer words could not have been spoken. Yeah, and that's and that's also greatness there. I mean, and he's probably the best example of a great player turned great. Yes, you know, like yes. front office GM or whatever you want to call it, like owner, whatever. But yeah, I'm glad he stopped that. Yeah. He didn't stop it, but I think Kobe respected him enough. Kobe listened, you know, and it was like, all right, you're right. Kobe listened. I wish maybe LeBron or KD would have listened. I'm yeah. sure they got advice. Maybe they didn't. From some older players about how this game goes. Who knows now, but... I don't think they would have listened. I it, don't care who was talking about. Yeah. And that's that's the last of the NBA that you grew up with and that mm-hmm. I grew up with. I, I really have to say, it gets benchmarked Game 7, 2010 NBA Finals. Yeah, and I, I agree. And I never really, like, pinned it down like that. I never really thought about it. I'm glad you're doing that on the show there. I mean, and, and I agree. That's a great, great point. And... And it's taken me a long time to adjust to that. Same, uh, a know. decade. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I'm still not adjusted all yeah. the way. I'm used to it. I don't like it, but you know that's it is what it is. Even yeah. the Sixers, you know, started to do that. You know, people were saying Golden State, but Golden State drafted those guys. You know, but, KD came in later, yeah, yeah, but they drafted those three. You know, right, the Currys and Thompsons, Draymond. Yeah, Draymond. They drafted those guys, so you can't call them. A super team if you're drafting well. That's right. the whole point. Exactly. That's what you want to do in exactly. sports, you know. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we're that's what we're going to see for a while. I think for 
from here on out. From here on out, I think you know. I think that's just it. I think we we saw it when Kobe left. When you have a Derek Jeter left, like yeah, it's the last of that breed, and and it's not to slam it. I a lot of people do that in society, but it's the millennial generation Y, generation Z. It's mm-hmm. a different mindset. Yeah, for better or for worse. So you make arguments in both cases. Definitely. But it's, I think we just saw a different time. Yeah, and it's a shame because, I mean, I, like, it speaks to an individual or a player who sticks to that one team. I mean, I'm not saying you have to stay and play 20 years on a team because you've seen all the greats. Jordan, you know, yeah. Barkley, you know, everybody changed teams, you know. and But, like, to stick it out and, and, and work hard to push that team over the hump. That's what I'm going to miss. Yeah, when this team beat us, hey, you know, you talked about it, neighborhood stuff. I'm sure I don't want to speak for you, but I know I had it. Neighborhood play, the other neighborhood beat us. I wasn't like, well, I'm going to go play with them. Yeah, it was move. like, yo, we got to step it up. You And we had those arguments. We were young kids. You, you got to cover him better. You didn't do that, and we, we're going to go at it next time, and we're going to beat you. Yeah. It's not, all right, well, I, I'm going to slide on over here, you know, and do this, and we join up. And it does. It, it, it soils, I get it, but it soils competition. It just, and it's not the same. It is, no. you know, it's, it's an NBA the past decade that I feel you've seen it a lot. We've had great players, don't get me wrong, but I think the offseason is more exciting than the on-court product. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's like, who's going where gets you more hype? than what you see on the court. And that's not what I grew up with. Mm-mm. And even to take it to another level, right, with, like, load management. Yeah. You know, I can pull up seasons where Kobe played 82 games, 82 games, 82 right. games, you know. I mean, he had his injury years, but he was always pushing 77, 80 games a year. And that's done. Yeah. You're not going to see that anymore. No. And, you know, again, that speaks to the player – the greatness of, of certain players and that era. You know, I don't need I, – I can't play back-to-back games. Yeah. You know, or whatever it is. And that's that's a – for me, that's a tougher one to swallow than the super teams. Mm-hmm. You know, I know we're going way off course here. But, no, no, it's all part of it. But that, I was going to say that. It's, this is part of it. But I can't see Kobe not playing back-to-back games, you know, because he needs – to rest a little bit, to get prepared for the playoffs. Like, how many seasons was he going deep into the finals, three years in a row, you know, and he's playing, trying to play 80, 82 games. Doing the Olympics. Doing the Olympics, yep. You know, let's talk about that. Like, one of the great legacy things of Kobe was that 08, that gold medal game, when you had young LeBron, young D-Wade. Melo. Melo, Dwight's on the team. You have veteran Jason Kidd. Who did they turn to in that clutch moment? Kobe. They looked at Kobe, that, and I think that speaks volume. Who stepped up and was talking, like, during the interviews and saying, this team will beat the dream team? It's Kobe. It's Kobe. And then that, what people forget, like, the year 4 you know, that's when all those teams were, people didn't like those USA teams. They were bad teams. Yeah. You know, they <laughs> In were, every way. You know, that you had the Vince Carter, KG teams where they were dunking over people and mm-hmm. screaming at the crowd, and people didn't like that. That was in the good old... American boys. Yeah, uh, they to see. right. They really were a redeemed team. Yes, they really were. They brought yes. they brought it back, and um, there there was great moments from. We got to give credit to that. That's part of his legacy, bringing Olympic basketball back. 
Yeah. And you what know? that did, and and you were seeing guys, and you're seeing guys come out, and these are the stories that, again, that we didn't know at the time that are coming out mm-hmm. now. Guys like LeBron, D Wade, all those guys had better years after that. That next that '09 season, if you look back, D Wade had, had one of his best years. Yes, right. You know, LeBron had one of his best years. Melo had one of his best years. All these guys, I'm not. I don't want to give Kobe obviously too much credit, but they all talk about it. What they learned from him, that work, work ethic, that you know, you got to put this work in. It changed a lot of their careers based off of that one summer. Yeah, I think I think obviously it starts with them. They put the work Definitely. in, but I think a lot of credit is given mm-hmm. because maybe who knows how long it takes LeBron and D Wade to see that. Yeah without them practicing with him all throughout a summer and seeing his approach. And Kobe went to Hakeem Olajuwon to learn low post moves early. Yeah. <laughs> does, does LeBron do that? LeBron later did do that. Does LeBron, if Kobe doesn't do it and he doesn't see Kobe's approach, does LeBron do it as quickly as he does? Because that was a thing that LeBron lacked. He did not have a low post game. Yeah. And, and it showed in that 2011 finals loss. But he went to Hakeem just like Kobe did. Yeah. And it's like, how can you not sit there and pick at that brain at that point? Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about it, bringing it to, you know, what we normally do in life. You know, at work, you're sitting at work or, you know, you're in a meeting with somebody. You know, they've been there, they're tenured, they do a great job. How can you not ask questions? Yeah. You know, and that's, and looking back and seeing interviews now, a lot of those guys give that, that summer a lot of credit to Kobe yeah. for what he talked on. Um a great thing about him that I see with it's just not him but all the great athletes and we're always talking about that's what the end zone podcast is connecting the past and the present and that storytelling about sports currently in the past that inspires us in just life you look at it Kobe always at the ego checked out when it came to that did he have a huge ego absolutely most people do most great ones do but asking questions hey he's a guard Hakeem's a center I'm going to go to Houston and learn from this guy footwork and low post play. You weren't hearing that. Usually you always hear guards with guards, fours with fours. Kobe was doing that. And that speaks to the greatness. And that's greatness. And I can't remember who it was. I'm drawing a blank. When they were talking about Kobe and how to describe Kobe, I think it was Jay Williams. And they were asking, can you speak to his greatness? And he was like, I can't. Yeah. Like, it's just greatness, and it, it's tough to put in the words. And he did an amazing job on ESPN. I think it was the same day, yeah. on Sunday when it came out. And even though he's a dude guy, but <laughs> you know, I, he was going to be a really good player. Yeah. You know, and you know, he talked about what happened with him, and you never know what can happen. You know, from one day to the next. But I love how they put him on the spot, and, and he. He just couldn't describe it. He said Kobe was just great. And greatness, you can't really put into words, but whatever it is, he had it. Right. It's like, how can you – that's right there. That's just the perfect way to put it, you know. I, I agree. Um, you know, 2010, the injury started uh, piling up. The Lakers early in the decade had some playoff runs, and they fell short. Um, they tried. We had Dwight Howard there, Steve Steve Nash, Stephen uh, Kane. Uh, I didn't like that. Too. I didn't like it, but it, it, it fell short, and the body started breaking down on Kobe. Well, yeah, as it should. As it should, as he's a human being. You know, Father Time is undefeated, they say. Yeah, but even in year 17, he was giving you 27, 6, and 6. I agree. 
I know it's that's, something. That's that's tough, man. And and Kobe's second half, that second act. What I loved was like I talked about earlier, comfortable in his own skin. And there's a few, there's two quotes I always laugh at, and they were later on. They were after the the fifth title. One was with Dwight Howard. <laughs> And that was tumultuous because Dwight, as we've seen, did not have the drive. Nope. Had all the talent, but he could be in that Lamar Odom, Rasheed Wallace kind of category. That's a good point. You know, plenty of talent, athletic, and but didn't have it. And Dwight Howard, I think, was sore. He had a shoulder hurting him. And Dwight had talked to the media earlier and said, I'm not sure I'm going to play. My shoulder's hurting and all that stuff. So then they go to Kobe, and they're like, how do you feel about Dwight Howard saying he's not going to play? And Kobe's like, what? He's not playing. <laughs> and they were like, the reporter's like, yeah, he said his, his shoulder hurts. He goes, shoulder hurts? He goes, I'm hurting everywhere. He goes, oh, no, he's playing. He's play-. And then my, my brother and I laughed because that night you see Dwight Howard in the line. <laughs> That's the pool only a few guys have. Yeah. MJ had and Kobe where it's like, we not playing? And then behind the scenes, you don't know what happens, but that guy's playing. Or he's not working. He's not doing what? And then Kobe didn't. Said something and it changed. Some guys need that, though. Oh yeah, you know, and and he was a guy that was going to give that to you. You know, I, I he did an interview once, and and this is something. This is when I really I don't want to say I fell in love with him, but at that point in time, I was already a monster Kobe fan. But he kind of related into what we're doing right now, like we're talking about you know his career and kind of like trying to tie it into everyday life. So he had this interview, and he was talking about, you know, NBA players. He was like, but I'll keep it on myself. And he goes, people don't really think about these things. And he was like, you know, I've had arguments with my wife and then having to come play a game. Yeah. He goes, I, like, my mentality during that game was, was, wasn't the same. And then I was thinking, wow, like, you know, I've had those times where, you know, I'm leaving the house and me and my girlfriend maybe are not seeing eye to eye on something. And having to carry that throughout the day at work and how I know how I felt throughout that day, like, I never put that with sports, mm-hmm. you know. And I've never seen a, a, a player, an NBA player, NFL, any type of player say that out loud. I've never seen that before. And, I'm, and it, it blew me away. And I agree because so many of them say the opposite. Exactly. They're like, that's my safe, which I, I believe them too, yeah. a safe haven, but they don't say that. No, it can affect you. Mm-hmm. And also, you're right, it affects everybody at work. And our work, you know, our jobs, whatever, you, you know, Kobe's job was important to him. Ours are important to us. It's our livelihood, so it doesn't make it less or more. But we're not doing it. It's just pressure. We all have pressures on our jobs, but it's not a crowd. Yeah. There's not millions watching us. There there was for Kobe and these yeah. other athletes, you know, and we have to remember that. Like, just think about your job, right? I'll think about my job. And if I'm doing my job with 20,000 people around me just watching me do my job. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I, you know, what we, we worked together for a while. That, having a big group of people was like, Ugh, yeah. I don't know if I feel like doing it. So you get like a crowd watching you like, I, I don't, I don't. Um, I, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> I would love it. See, yeah, Jose's got that mamba. He's got it. Maybe I got to get more of that. I'm, I'm always uh, the guy I like to uh, – I want to be part of the team. I said if it's – you know, we're down by by two, fourth quarter. I want to be in the – I want to be on the floor, but I'm inbounding the ball to Are the you guys. Are you saying you're not taking a shot? 
that's not. I'm. Not, I don't want to. If I have to, I'll take it. I never mind it. Like I do. I can say not to like. If I'm honestly assessing myself, if the play breaks down, the play who was drawn up for, and it comes to me, I'm not gonna like free. I'll take the shot. But I never was the guy who's like, I want the ball. That's just yeah. not my personality. You know, this wasn't in me. And and I used to beat myself up about that, but now I realize. No, there's an, all members to a team, yeah. and everybody has that, and not everyone can say I want the ball. Mm-hmm. Let me let me shoot, you know. But that I wasn't that guy. Now, were you the guy? Did you? I wanted to, I wanted to shoot. Okay. Yeah, and and it didn't go in all the time, but I wanted to shoot the ball, and I don't know if that was more of like the cocky attitude I had, you you know, playing sports. But whatever it was, it, some days it worked, some days it didn't. Right. Not to say. Some days it worked, some days it didn't, you know. But and my friends were hopefully, well, they will be listening to this, or probably laughing at this point because they know exactly what I'm talking about. Even I'll throw it a different example, recent example. Miles Sanders, Eagles playing Cowboys. He goes on that long run and then slides. I'm not sliding. I'm taking it to the end. Okay. Zone, you okay, know. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm doing all the end zone stuff. That's just my personality. That's yeah. Just the yeah. Way I am. And, you know, obviously, once I've gotten older, that has changed. But if you're talking to twenty-year-old Jose, I got you. Yeah, I got you. I'm definitely taking that shot. No, I got you. And I um, I laugh because Lamar Odom was heartbreaking reading what he wrote. But one of my favorite Kobe quotes goes back to when Lamar got traded to Dallas from that, you know, that team that mm-hmm. won back to back. And Lamar and I had known he was he was like the what Scottie Pippen did in the locker room for those 90s Bulls, Lamar did a lot for those Laker teams. He okay. brought everyone together. He was a unifier. Kobe was like the disciplined guy, yeah. and Lamar would pick you up. And it was, you know, just like with Michael was that, and then Scottie would pat you on the back. So when they traded him, Kobe was very – the whole team was upset. Mm-hmm. And Kobe said it. He was like, I'm upset, you know. We need that guy in that locker room. He brings everyone together. He's a great communicator. He picks everyone up. He takes his ego out, and we rally together. And this reporter goes, well, Kobe, can't you be that guy? And Kobe looks at him and goes, what? I can't do that shit. And he says, I can't do that shit. That ain't me. Nah. <laughs> I fell out laughing because of his head. He didn't go, he didn't get him politically correct. He goes, I can't do that shit. And he's like, he knew who he was and was like, that's not me. And that speaks to what you were talking about. With number 24, Kobe, comfortable in his own skin, knowing that's not the type of player he was. Yeah. And I... And that was good to see because you don't like you said you don't. If you would have asked, if you would have asked, in my opinion, LeBron that he would have gave you a totally like different answer, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like right. And it would have been a more company answer. That's why I, a lot of people I think have that love for Kobe. Yeah, because it was from the gut. It was, and you know, um, you know, even the sixty point night. You know that mm-hmm. that that was something that, that was a really rough season for the Lakers. Seventeen wins. Yeah. Um. But I remember. This is where it gets like kind of it was it was sad, but that night there were, I, there was two games. The Warriors were going for seventy three to break the ninety six Bulls record, and then you had Kobe's farewell, and I'm we we love history, and yeah. both had historical. Yeah. But I went with the Kobe. Yeah, so did I. And my brother, like I said, being a podcast, I was his favorite player. And I remember I was at work and I texted him because you heard a lot of the, all the Kobe 
and it felt like that. It was like it was the end of an era. Um, and I texted him earlier. I was at work that day, and I said, you know, this is really hard and it's sad hearing Kobe retire. Because whenever I have to admit, whenever I talked about, heard about, saw Kobe, it made me think of you. Because that was what probably sports and if one athlete, yeah, him connected us. We're seven years apart, mm-hmm. so you know, growing up, you're six and he's thirteen. It's we don't have many things in common. Yeah, that's a big that's a big gap. And Kobe was that, and having the arguments about him and debating, yeah. and then wind up teaming up and rooting for him. Um, and he texted back, yeah, it was hard. And, and that's what made Sunday even harder on a personal note for me was that's my brother's favorite. And it's like I wish I could thank Kobe for that, you yeah. know. And I guess we are now with this podcast and here on, but that was a connector for my brother and I to be closer. And, um, and he only did that for millions of people all across the world. But. He did. He definitely did. That's, I mean, but that's what sports does. Yeah. And we touched on that. In the teaser and in the intro, the last episode is what sports does with a lot of relationships and just with people in general. It brings us together, and even people you'll see it today. Non-sports fans, what they do, they're cooking and getting ready for today's game. Right. You know, and and for those of us who are going to watch 19 hours of pregame, today, yeah. you know, like it's different. But it, it, it brings conversations along. At work, there's people I barely talk to. Mm-hmm. Great people, but when it comes to sports, oh, I can sit down with you for 45 minutes straight yeah. and have a full-blown conversation, debate, whatever you want to do, and then again, go back to not having anything else that, that's relatable. I mean, I've, I've, and you talked about it too. I mean, I've had relationships due to sports. Mm-hmm. Even sports conversations, I've had relationships on social media, Guys, I don't even know, but we have that one connection that we do always agree on some part of sports, and that's the beauty of it, you know. And those behind-the-scenes relationships that you have with your brother, you know, I can bring up my best friend was the same way from day one, a Kobe fan, and I didn't see it at the beginning. I was more of an AI and Vince guy, mm-hmm. um, but those are conversations we would always have, you know. And I would kind of compare Vince to Kobe at the time. He was laughing at me, which he should have been. <laughs> and that's – I always go back to that. That's the beauty of sports. That's that escape that it provides us. And I don't know. Some days it's, you want to have those hard days. Yeah. You know, we had a lot of great days. It's, we have to deal with the hard ones too. Absolutely. No, well put, man. It's – um. it, it, it was uh, – a. It was a tough week, and obviously doesn't compare to what those families lost and a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It was a tough week. It brought a lot of things back to reality for all of us. You know, every day is is, is a blessing, every, you know, and we need to be the cherish it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just reminds us, to me, what I'll take from it is a thank you for Kobe for the, the lessons that his life shown. Yep. And... Say, hey, have that mom, keep working, mm-hmm. keep grinding, and you're going to get knocked down. Mm-hmm. It's hard. When you want things in life, if it was easy, everyone would have it. Yep. But embrace the process. Embrace knowing it's going to be a battle. This is going to be, it's not going to happen overnight. Embrace it. Well, I think a lot of us in society, and I'm guilty, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody else. We don't, we, we want things, but then we're like, this is a struggle, and we back out. Yeah, I'm good. I don't want to do this. And it's like, that's kept me going. You know what? 
keep grinding, mm -hmm. keep grinding. And uh, I I can say thank you to Kobe for that, man. He's one. Of, there's 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 other examples too, but he he's a yeah. big one, man. Yeah, and then for me, looking back at this past week again, kind of bringing everything. I mean, we didn't even touch on the eighty-one point game. We, yeah. That could have you know its own episode. Yeah. You know the sixty-point game with Utah, kind of bringing it full circle from the air ball, four air ball game to the mm -hmm. sixty-one point game, and you know all of that's amazing. I mean, we've been listening to that all week, you know, but I'll look at it from a different point of view, kind okay. of what you just talked about, and it's being a parent, you know, and. I can't imagine being a parent in a spot like how hard that has to be. Right. Right. So, but being a, I don't want to say a sports dad, but having to teach like one of your kids a sport. And, and I've seen an interview where Kobe said, you know, his favorite sports moment was when Gigi hit her first shot. Yeah. Like that's amazing. That's awesome. You know, and the, the, it was a kid interviewing him. And he said, really? What about the NBA titles? He said, no, when she made her first shot, that was the most special sports moment for me. And that kind of, as a dad, like, was like, wow, it blew my mind. You yeah. Know, from everything that he's accomplished, seeing that. And that, when you have, and obviously, I know you don't have any children. When you have a kid and you see that, it's, just, it's that feeling that you yeah. get. It's like, even if it's not sports, you know. Uh, my girlfriend's son, he's, I love this kid. He doesn't play sports, but he'll do something else, helping us with this podcast. Right, right. You know, and him doing that for me, like gave me such a great feeling. Yeah, you know, and how hard he worked on that, and it was—it's just those feelings as a parent, and not to—it's not a better feeling that if you don't have kids. No, no, you know I, what I, mean? I totally get you. But I know what it's, you mean. It's—it's it's, I when you see that with him and those conversations on the sidelines and coaching her, Gigi at basketball, and seeing the joy that brought out of him, really connected me almost even more now. Right. You know, because again. And I touched on this earlier. We went, I don't want to say we, like we were friends, but I feel no, like I, I lost a friend. Yeah, absolutely. And when I was 16, he was 17, coming, getting drafted in 96, and, you know, growing up around, the, we were growing up the same time, same era, you know, and we, I don't want to say we didn't go through the same struggles, but, you know, growing up as teenagers and to young men, and then going into your 20s and trying to develop life and life skills, and then later on with the kids and, you know, now he's he was, you know, on that mode. Yeah. And I'm kind of at that point in my life, too. Right. You know, like, I've had all my fun. You know, I, I'm very comfortable where I'm at. And now I'm, I'm, like, I'm trying my best to be on dad mode. Yeah. You know? Some do a lot better than others. But I, I just felt that. I connected with that now. No, no. And that's, that's beautifully put, man. It, it, which I, you know, makes what happened last week even even tougher but it it also I think you know you saw um, you saw girl dad trending and, big time big time and that was huge and that was awesome yeah you know uh, uh, I love that because I honestly in the lot I would have that conversation with friends where they were like well I have a girl but I gotta have a boy carry on the legacy and I didn't know Kobe had said this until this past week. Yeah. But I would say, why? That's your. You have all girls. That's your. They carry all your legacy. That's your daughter. Who cares? But a last name or whatever. I think that's a macho. Thing yeah, too. it's like who cares? And to hear Kobe say that, and and to hear him do the impressions on Jimmy Kimmel and Gigi, oi, I got this. Yeah, I'm a carry. I got. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's true. And um, 
to see that trending everywhere this past week and everyone saying that was really cool. And I like I don't have I have a niece and my brother has a daughter and it made me think about him and my niece and yeah. all my friends who have daughters. And I reached out to friends and said all this stuff is making me think about you and your daughter. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, it, it was huge to hear that. It was that was, you know, a silver lining. Such a tragic week was seeing that. And um, because it's easy for an indiv- like a guy who is good in sports, whoever at the professional level or whatever level you played, right. is to be very overbearing on your children. Like you have to do this and this and that. I, I've experienced that with my son playing baseball. You know, baseball was my life for a long time mm-hmm. and I can just remember him getting a hit and his excitement you know and or even now he's playing football now he's preparing for high school he's trying to play high school football and you know like just but I can remember especially those early days in the baseball like his time in baseball and it was that excitement and that joy and it's like man I gotta just I'm gonna fall back and let him yeah do his thing and he was doing that yeah. you know you can see that yeah he was coaching her GD's basketball team and all that but you can see him just teaching and just teaching, and that's that's a beautiful thing to do, and it's a very hard thing to do. Yeah, you know, as a parent, but give him all credit. Give him credit, and I'll say this too. Um, one thing that I didn't even—he wasn't the only one. There's other people who gave this. He really did just shatter that because I feel like even if you just love sports. You get that dumb jock thing, and people are like, "Oh, you don't, you're not in touch with your feelings. You don't want to. You're not intellectually curious. All those things." Like a a Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, right, right. The college frat boy at like 35 years old. And are there guys like that in sports? Absolutely. I'm not going to take that away. Are there the quote unquote meatheads and Mm -hmm. the dumb jocks? For sure. But I think I don't want to put words in your mouth. I know for me, even not on that pro level, just on a personal level, so guys who were talented in sports, but made the honor roll, got good grades, yeah. had other interests and hobbies too. And I'm like, and I always fought that because people would say that. Mm-hmm. And I could see when I said, yeah, you love sports, people would look at it like, oh, you, and you get that perception. And it's like, yeah, absolutely, I love sports, but I love other, I can talk to you about other stuff too. Yeah. And Kobe shattered that, being multilingual, you know, and speaking in different languages. And I mean, the dude won an Oscar. Yeah. Won an Oscar and, and and was doing so many different things. Yeah, investments. And he was doing well with that. No one would ever say he was he was a dumb jock because he, no. he he was intellectual. I think that's that's something to take away from it. You know, be curious. Mm-hmm. Want to know. Want to gain that knowledge. Want to learn about life, about other people, about yourself. Want to know. Like, and he did that. Put that ego aside and ask questions. He he did that, and that's something I've tried in the most recent years to do, and I want to do even more going forward. Is be asking questions. Yeah. You know, hey, Jose, I, I don't know about this. Maybe you do. Can you help me? I'll be honest, man. In the past, I, it was hard. It, it, it still we all have challenges with it, but I could know that you were an expert on something, but my pride would not let me ask you. Yeah. And that hindered me in life in a lot of ways. It was like, and nothing to do with you. It wasn't like you were cocky or bragging. I was just like, my ego was, well, you think I'm dumb, or maybe yeah. I should know this. And it would hinder me. And I wouldn't ask that question, even though I knew I should. I would just be like, well, other people might judge me. It might get out. 
And he never did that. Kobe didn't do that. Yeah, and the beauty of what you talked about earlier, especially when that second half of his career started, was like being comfortable in his own skin. And I'm not trying to get, you know, too smart here. <laughs> but like I feel the same way. I'm very comfortable in my own skin today. And before it wasn't really like that. Before it yeah. was more, you know, putting on a show sometimes or what do you think about me or what do I think about myself, to be honest. Right. And today is totally not like that. And that was another thing that I can relate to. It's like, look, if you don't like what I say, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I don't care. Right. You know, and that's, a, I guess, a part of also growing up. Yeah. Putting those big boy pants on, like my good friend of mine says. <laughs> and he did it. He yeah. did it in front of our eyes. And yeah. maybe you could say he was one of the first sports-wise yes who did that yeah because um, it's even now that i'm getting older i'm seeing careers from day one to hall of fame sometimes yeah you know the class was just announced last night and i've seen all four of them play most of their careers but this was different you know this was for me not only his career but personality like how that changed from day one to when you know when he was done yeah you know well not done but till sunday you know and and I can that I can relate to from growing from being 17, 18, 19, you know, my attitude was me against the world, almost, yeah. you know, to today where it's like about family, work, things like that. And I, I think uh, that's why I, I compare it just to, to really with Michael Jackson in 2009. And I think what you just said is for a lot of people, like our, our parents' age, they saw Michael grow up, Jackson, five, <laughs> nine, ten years old. And I know that was what was heartbreaking in 09 for like my parents. They're older than Mike, but at a time when they were probably like 18, 19 and yeah. seeing him at like 10 and saw him grow up and all that. And I feel like they were part of him growing up. And then and so tragically, it was like, oh, man, my little brother died or some people, my my friend, an uncle, my, my son, whatever. It feels like that. Kobe's in that same boat. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's been a tough week. This has been a tough show. But cathartic for me. Yes, me as well. And I just want to, I want to thank Kobe as well, out yeah. loud. You know, I can, you know, I've, I had all those thoughts all week. I'm going to continue to have these thoughts. But what can I thank him for the most? I don't know. But as of today, it's, you know, thank you for all the memories. Yeah. Right, thank you for the Mamba mentality. Like, it's easy on some days, it's hard on some days. Yeah. But what I got out of Sunday, since Sunday, is to continue to push. You know, continue Absolutely. to push myself, stretch myself. You know, being uncomfortable for me is a good thing because that means I'm growing a lot. So, and that's what, you know, a part of the Mamba mentality is. You know, pushing yourself hard, working hard, right. being uncomfortable. Let's do it. And I don't think there's a better way to end the show than what you just said. So, thank you for doing this show because it's, it's early on in our our podcast career or podcast game and it's not an easy topic and we will be having a lot more different topics you know not as heavy in the future Mm -hmm. but you know uh please stay tuned and listen but uh thanks jose for for doing this show man and um yeah dare me anytime it's want everyone to know in the zone podcast you can listen on anchor spotify we'll be coming up soon with you know facebook page instagram all that good stuff but We'll be out weekly and just bring you a lot of different content, connecting the past and the present, having those great debates, 
uh, about you know who was the best team, who was greater, is this where should this coach be at, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, so for Jose Ruiz, I'm Jeremy Dove. Thank you for listening to End the Zone podcast, and thank you, Kobe. Peace. <laughs>